Hello and welcome to the Geeks at the Gates. This is a relatively straightforward one. Reggie, that's me, and Steve, King of Geeks. I think this might be his first appearance on the Harrogate Community Radio version of this, although a well-known regular on the long-standing podcast version of this. Went to see the Joker. Um, There's a bit of a discussion about their expectations before they went in, and then a longer discussion about their reactions after they'd seen it. I'm recording this a day later than the discussion took place, and there will be some supplemental comment from me at the end of the show, because, wow, this is one that makes you think it really is. Uh, The Joker is currently, as I record this and as this drops, uh, on Harrow Community Radio and in on the podcast. It is currently on general release. You can see it at any cinema you like. I recommend the Everyman Cinema Harrogate because that's where we saw it and we do like those guys. But, you know, it's available wherever you are. So, let's get into it. Oh, hello. Sorry, me again. Um, Just to let you know, these segments were recorded in the Everyman Cinema with other people milling around and background music and traffic noise and all the stuff that happens when you record in a public place. So we've done our best with the background noise and honestly, it's probably better than the interview thing we did last week. But, um, you know, bear with us. It was, you know, not a studio. Anyway, sorry. Let's get into it. So you were saying you thought you've made a judgment on the film already? Yeah, just based on reviews and everything else, and, and the trailers, I'm, I'm concerned that I'm not going to like this movie before I've seen it. And I guess that feels like I've made a judgment on it already. But... Yeah, although oddly, you are here. Because so many people have told me how good this film is and how many people to go and see it, and I feel that I need to see it to actually make an honest judgment of it. Yeah, it's because. I wasn't interested in this film. Even from the trailers? Um, I haven't seen the trailers. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, you don't watch trailers. I, That's weird. I, yeah. you. I, I do watch trailers. I just watch, didn't watch trailers for this. Oh. Um, I watch trailers for films I'm interested in, and I wasn't interested in this film. Um, but then we had the um, the screening at Venice. Five-star reviews, standing yeah. ovations. Comic book, comic book movies do not get eight-minute standing ovations at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah. So there's something different about this film. Well, I think for some, I don't think it's a comic book movie. I think it is based on a comic book character, and that's it. But then again... Interesting it's... distinction. That's a very interesting distinction. Um, you may have a point. Yeah, because from what I understand, it is loosely based on... Partly based on The Killing Joke, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. As I say, I wasn't really interested. In the the Joker, I don't find a particularly compelling character. Uh, and I think as well, it is. I don't think it is the Joker. I think it is a Joker. A Joker. And I, somebody said as well, the start of the movie. It's not the all singing, all dancing DC Studios fanfare. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's an Elseworld. Yeah, I think it's. I so. think it's fair to say this is probably not the same universe as Aquaman. 
I'd be interested to see if it was. I, I, I'm, I'm figuring we're not going to see Jason Momoa anytime soon, and I don't think we're going to see um, Joaquin Phoenix in a Justice League movie. I just don't think we are. I think DC were really setting themselves up to do a an Elseworld or you know Infinite Earths mm. series of of movies, and then it seems now that the TV shows are doing that instead of doing it better. Well, like I said, the TV show DC is weird. The TV shows are doing it so much better than the movies. Mm. It's because of the inverse of Marvel. Yeah, but I mean, Law of Averages says that at some point, even by accident, they're going to have to make a good movie. A full good movie. Yeah. Not, not two thirds of a good movie. Just as, just as at some point, Marvel are going to drop the ball. They've got to. Yeah. Lower averages. Yeah. Technically, they already did. They made Incredible Hulk. Yeah, did they though? Well, no, Universal. Because, yeah, an Incredible Hulk is so early in the MCU that it doesn't. They really hadn't quite decided what the MCU was going to be at that point. No. It's a bit like. So this is Pratchett. Do you read Pratchett? I don't. This is a Pratchett reference. It's a, it's a, it's a bit like the colour of magic. I've heard of that. Which is the first Pratchett. It's the first Discworld book. Like the Discworld books. If you're a fan of the Discworld, you don't need to read it. It's, it's because it's so early. He hadn't decided what he was doing with it yet, <laughs> and you can see the things that noise about the Discworld, but it's not the Discworld really. Right. Um, and Incredible Hulk's like that. Uh, Iron Man is like that. Except Iron Man is good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Joker. I just, I think it's going to be an amazing performance. I think, and this is the thing as well that I'm not a big fan of the director. And I don't I, know who the director is. Uh, it's Todd Phillips. I am so not made, a film dude. Uh, he made the Hangover movies. Which I haven't made, seen. He made um, Old School with Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn. Also haven't seen. Uh, I think he did Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Also haven't seen. So he's very much of the Although frat boy none of, comedy, Yeah, none you know. of those movies have got particularly good reputation. Yeah, but so. he's now come out as well and said that the reason why he's not doing comedies anymore is because work culture has killed comedies. And it's just like, well, maybe you're just not a very good comedian. Yeah. I've got a problem with that on many levels, but fortunately I can separate the work from the creator. And yeah, maybe he's just not very good at comedies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, but this is quite a total shift. I'm currently <laughs> very intrigued. Um, I just hope I'm not. My opinions aren't polarizing before I see a film. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got. The, literally, the I know the only thing I know about this movie really um, is I've seen the poster. I've seen a couple of stills online, um, and Mark Maron's been banging on about it incessantly on his podcast for months because he's in it. Yeah. Um, and I also know that he's, one of his scenes was cut. Right. Because it, it was the... didn't involve... Black and Phoenix. You've heard the same podcast I have, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I... That's all I know. Okay. And I'm... Because I feel like I know an awful lot more of this, so it's going to be interesting to see what our opinions are going to be come out of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't find it... I'm going to see this movie because of the word of mouth it's had. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't find the Joker a particularly compelling character. I don't like the killing Joker as a story. Um, it's, an, it's an okay origin for the Joker, but it's not. It's a origin, but it's not the... It's not, it's not the work of genius that 
Alan Moore apologists would have you believe. I'm still, I'm still conflicted as well. It's like a white guy with mental health issues using violence to become the hero of the story feels wrong. It feels wrong. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm completely in this, in this day and age. I'm completely relaxed about that, just because that's every bloody film. Not to this um, degree. Taxi Driver to John Wick to. Yeah, but at least John Wick had at least a slightly heroic side to him already. He's an assassin. Yeah, but he was a, he was an assassin in love when he had his wife. Mm. And he got a puppy. And... Yeah, we are just sort of making excuses for a mass murder in him. And he was killing Reeves. So. Oh, he's killing Reeves. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, we'll see. We're going in. Uh, we're going in. So um, this isn't a commentary. Uh, so we'll sound the spoiler horn, and then we'll. Be back cool. through the magic of time travel. We'll see you on the other side. Bye bye. Spoilers! Spoilers! Okay. We are rolling, we are back. We have just watched. The Joker. We're not even five minutes out of it. Yeah. Um, if you sound a little shell shocked, it's because we've just watched the Joker. Um, my immediate reaction, the first thing I said when the lights came back up, was, "I think that's a work of genius. I never want to see it again. I never want to see that film again." I, I, I'm not sure I agree with the genius part. I definitely agree with the "I never want to see that film again" part. It is relentlessly grim. Yeah, but at least John Wick had at least a slightly heroic side to him already. He's an assassin. Yeah, but he was a, he was an assassin in love when he had his wife. Then mm. he got a puppy. Um, it's an exceptional performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, yes. He has put not only his heart and soul, he has put every single ounce of himself. What what to what the, is what there is left of him to the point on that in that performance to the point that you genuinely feel the need to put your hand on his shoulder and say, "Dude, are you okay?" Yeah, because. Yeah, it's it is, um, it is not a happy film. It is not a date movie. Do not go and see this as a date no, movie. No, no, definitely not. Um, also, don't go alone. Yeah, go with, go with someone you can have a good hug with afterwards. I think uh, it's um, it is a date movie then. No, no, it really isn't. It's, Certainly not. It's definitely not a first date movie. Definitely not a first date movie. I've just said to to, to another friend just as we're walking out, um, the film that this reminds me the most of is Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream, which is a phenomenal film um, that is also a very hopeless film. Um, so the, my, my first and easiest way to sum this movie up is it's Requiem for a Joke. I think that is possibly the, the only mm-hmm. way I'm going to describe this movie. I think... I can see why it's upset some people. Um, I think it might have upset me, although possibly not for the same reasons as it's upset other people. It is, without question, an astonishing performance by Phoenix. Um, and it's worth seeing just for that. Yeah. He has got such timing. Um, the only funny bit of the entire movie is when he walks into the glass door of the hospital. Yeah, that was the only time that anybody um, actually laughed in the film, wasn't it? It, and he carried that off flawlessly. I wonder how many takes it took. It reminded me a little bit of Network. Yes. There was very definitely, very definitely a sense of I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. 
Um, it's it's falling down. It's, it's it's all of those movies. It's it's one man having a really bad day getting pushed. But I see. Well, this is one man having a very bad life. I say the difference. Is, I mean, the, the premise of the Killing Joke, which is a book I don't like much anymore, um, for reasons that yes, um, is that the only difference between the Joker and everybody else is one bad day. This is lots of bad days in a row. It's about life it's, across it's, a yeah. lifetime. Um, and one of the criticisms of this is that it makes the Joker seem like a heroic figure. A sympathetic character. A sympathetic yeah. character. I actually don't think it does. No. Um, that was my concern, was that it's, it's a white guy with mental it, health issues. What it does... a sympathetic person when he's killing does, people, but it's um, not that. One of the, the, the only critical review I've read of this movie was from The Guardian, which called it shallow. Um, I think that's the most profound misunderstanding of the film you could possibly have because it isn't I think what it's doing is um, we have sound the bus. we did we did have sound spoiler, didn't we? we did yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the Joker in the film is celebrated as a hero by people in Gotham And I think that's made some people uncomfortable. And I suppose then if you then identify you think that he's a hero, but I then think, it's almost like that maybe you could I, but maybe I think, also then... I think, the, I think what the film is saying um, is that that's where we are now. It's actually quite a political movie. It's, I think they, they, they very smartly rather than made it a modern day story because it would just be, oh, this is the real world now yeah. and this is what's happened. So they, they very cleverly set it in the early 80s to give it that distance yes. almost by doing that. Um, there's no cell phones. There's there's nobody YouTubing anything. And this, that, no, that, so it's old. It's cathode ray tubes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, and they captured the look and feel of it all really exceptionally well. Yeah, it's, the the visual design on this movie is fantastic. It's a it's it's a textured movie. It's a film you can taste and touch, and most importantly, smell. I think it, as well. It smell. I can still smell cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, and that's not just because we're sitting downstairs in the Everyman and people smoking outside the door. Um, yeah, he smokes in every single scene he's in, I, I, and he's in every single scene. Yeah, um, it, I think the, the film is kind of saying this is where we are now. This is this is the state we are in. The mob will follow whoever will start them off. Whoever whoever will light the match will be the leader, and it doesn't matter if they're crazy with no plan. <laughs> Sorry. That was interesting. As an odd interruption, I think we need to keep an eye on that guy. Um, very apropos, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just slightly concerned, not only for him, but for me. Mm. Anyway, where were we? So, yeah. Um, my, my, my initial take is, I think he, he, he gave an amazing performance. Yep. But unfortunately, it's a very one-note performance in a way that there was no... But I it's, think a very, it's a very one-note film because it is literally just bleak and nihilism I was gonna say, it, and it's, just getting more it's, and more, it and is, more nihilistic. It is, it is about, it's, it's an Oscar-worthy performance. I don't think he'll win one. Um, he's going to be nominated without any question, but I don't think he's going to win one because it's a one-note performance and it couldn't be anything else. And, and, and it couldn't. You, because the Joker is a one-note character. No, but the Joker is funny sometimes. Like, Joker's jokes like, in other Batman films have been funny. Yes. This wasn't funny. No, it wasn't. And it was, and it was, and, and to be fair, it was not intended to be. I, I, this was not the joke. If you like, is that the Joker isn't funny. Yeah. 
Um, he's trying to be a stand-up comedian and he shit at it. Um, I liked the way... I liked the way they presented that. And I liked the way they presented reality. In that it, it wasn't immediately clear that what we were seeing was not necessarily real. Yes, his delusions was, about the neighbour. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of delusions in there that you. I mean, the, it's, it's left you thinking: is the whole movie potentially yeah, a delusion as well? The first delusion, the first delusion we saw was when he's on the Al. I've forgotten the guy's name. Yeah. Murray. Al Murray. No, not, not Al, Al Murray. Murray. Al Murray's the top landlord. Yes, Murray, Fra- Murray really? Franklin. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, the Murray Franklin check. Um, that was clearly a delusion. Yeah, and it was presented as such. We went from uh, what was basically monochrome to bright colours and. He was watching the show and projecting himself into it. But the next time they, they showed a delusion, when the neighbour comes to his door and asks if, she, if he was following her, there's no pretense there. Was no there was no there was no suggestion it was anything other than real. And the only the only reason that I I slightly doubted it was that women don't behave like that. Well, and also he was a bit too confident as well. When yes. He's, yeah, he's not been. Well, and did you know also? Did you notice in his delusions he doesn't laugh? Yes. Um, and I. That should have been the clue. Yeah. I think. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit. I think overall. It's a movie I'm going to recommend to people because I think you have to go and see it. I think it's an exceptional performance. But I think overall I'm a With it. Um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a work of genius. I think it's it's somebody who's trying very hard to make a very political, modern statement. Yeah. Now, what I'm interested in is, I mean, there is no doubt it's a very political movie. Um, did you see Michael Moore's review? No. Link in the show notes, guys. Um, Michael Moore, as Michael Moore is wont to do. Um, went off oh, on a we, bit we of did, a rant. I saw a, yeah, yeah. long, yeah, long. I went off on a bit too, of a rant too long, didn't read. Now, he he took the view um, that people should go and see this movie because it's a fairly accurate reflection about how people with mental health issues are treated, and it holds up a, a mirror. A magnifying mirror, perhaps, but a mirror to the state of the nation. Now, I am not American. I would hope that that's not true. Yeah, I, um, I, I would think this is like a very worst-case scenario. It's, it's that said, um, for reasons I think we probably won't get into, because this is not a political show. Um, I am going to make a slight amendment to my recommendation that everyone should see this. If you work as a mental health professional, don't go and see this film. Because you'll spend quite a lot of time nodding. And (laughs) you will feel horrible at the end of it. Um, Because certainly the attitude of the system to Arthur Fleck is very much the attitude that the system has. Um to people like Arthur Fleck and that's a really uncomfortable watch perhaps people who don't work as mental health professionals should definitely go and see it and then be angry and worried yeah um, it, how did you feel about the way that Thomas Wayne was portrayed 
I thought that was interesting, actually. Um, you see, I'm an old school Batman fan, and so in my head, Thomas Wayne is still a hero. But modern Batman continuity is pretty clear that Thomas Wayne is a dick. He had a darker history, and, a shadier past. I mean, if you're reading, if you're reading Batman at the moment, um, spoilers for Batman. This is current. Um, an alternative reality Thomas Wayne, who survived the shooting and saw his son Bruce die, has come to the regular DC reality um, as Batman, and that was the Flashpoint. Yeah, it was Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, has come back to the to the regular DC reality because he thinks Bruce Wayne is too weak, um, and has helped Bane, who is one of the big bad villains in Batman Mythos Dale, take over Gotham. Um, Thomas Wayne is a real dick in the current comics, <laughs> and in the movie he's basically Trump. Yeah, I thought De Niro's Murray was a little bit Trump and, as well. And yeah, and the reason that's a problem is that, yeah, De Niro was very definitely playing Murray as drum. Yeah. Um, and anyone who's been on social media in the last three or four years knows how De Niro feels about drum. Anyone who's been in social media in the last three or four days, I think, knows how De Niro feels about drum. So, you know, um, that, that, I think, had I been the director, I would have told him to tone that down a bit. Just because it did take me out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I do not want to be taken out of a movie by Robert De Niro's performance. Um, I don't watch the Rocky Bullock movie then. Whatever you do, <laughs> do you know what? There's never any danger of that, Steve. <laughs> um, I think I do have an issue with the way. I don't want to bang on too much about mental health, but I, I think I do have an issue with the way mental health is portrayed in the movie in in the way that people with mental health issues are but it's the way the but it's not designed it's it's a hollywood but yeah way of portraying well and also and saying psycho killer that's is, not has that's, mental health issues that's not that's not unique to this movie uh, that's actually a trait in batman yeah uh, i mean when batman captures a villain they're taken to the Arkham asylum for the criminally insane yeah so you know that's an issue within batman mythology and we're kind of stuck with that now after 80 bloody um, n- nevertheless, there were some, not necessarily with Arthur Fleck, I don't actually mind if a, a character with a condition is shown to be a killer and a bad person. Do you know what? Some people with mental health problems are not nice. Mm. Um, and they wouldn't be nice if they were well. Um, so I've got no problem with that, that's a character. There were people in the side of the screen, people that people that were in the same building walking down corridors where the over-the-top portrayal of acting a bit mad was gratuitous and not necessary and didn't add anything to the point of the film it just made it feel more more bleak and 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 i would rather that was not there yeah i think yeah yeah. um if i'm going to criticize the film for anything that's one of the things i would criticize um oh that decent of gary glitter because somebody clearly had to sign off on Gary Glitter yes. for using that, and they should have known, and they would know. So using Gary Glitter in a movie well, it's, this day it's, age it's, is not a good it's thing. An interesting, it's an interesting, because I, again, I thought that I knew it was in there. Um, I, I said before we went in, I didn't know anything about the movie. I did know about Gary Glitter, yeah. because somebody on my social media made a comment about it, and I can't now remember whether they were for or against. 
Um, I'm, no, nobody can be for Gary Glitter I'm in this un- day and age. I'm uncomfortable that they used it. There's enough songs out there I, that they could have easily used. Which makes me think it was. It must have been deliberate. Now, my question is, and I don't know this, um, how well known is Gary Glitter in the States? I think he's well known enough that if you need to get the rights to use his song in something... That you That's not what out. I mean. I mean, yes, whoever did this, whoever, whoever decided we're going to use that piece of music in that scene, knew who Gary Glitter is because it had to be signed off on. You have to... Somebody's been paid for the rights. Well, so. Probably. Um, let's not say his name. Um, I... If that man is known in the States... And if what he's done is known in the States, then everyone... Because we've got to bear in mind he's aimed at an American audience. Everyone would have felt as uncomfortable about it as we do. Yeah. If he's not, and it's just another piece of music, then it won't have mattered. And the reason I'm raising the question is, I can forgive the use of that piece of music if it was making a point, if it was a promise part of the art. But if nobody, no, I, if nobody in the States knows who he is, then it wasn't doing that. No, but I think what it's going to do, though, it's because that is quite a monumental moment in the movie. It is. Spoilers, it is the time when you see him first full Joker. Yep. Reveling in it. Yep. People are going to put that Joker for Halloween. People are going to play that song now. That song is going to get downloaded and played a lot now. Now, I've got a question there. Um... I, don't, I genuinely don't think it is here. Again, I don't know how it's going to play in the States because I don't know how he is perceived there. Um, I don't think people are going to dress up as that joke. They will. Because you can, watch, you can watch The Dark Knight and you can see Heath Ledger's performance in that and you can go, yeah, that guy's cool. Yeah, there's charisma in that performance. Um, you can watch Batman and watch Jack Nicholson's performance and think, for Christ's sake, I paid money to see this film. Um, don't like Jack Nicholson in that movie at all. But again, there's charisma in that. I can see why yeah. people would dress up as that. I'd argue as that, that even charisma in Jared Leto's job. I can see, I know someone who's got the hand tattoo. Um, I can see why people would, would would cosplay Jared Leto's Joker as well. Actually. Yeah. For a start, it's quite an easy cosplay. Yeah. Um, and, and there is something, whatever you think of Leto's Joker, there is something in that character that has some magnetism Joaquin Phoenix doesn't on purpose I mean it's part of his performance I don't think anyone looks at Joaquin Phoenix and says I want to be that guy no I don't think people want to be that guy but people think I want to be that style and that style I think will I don't know you will you'll get people doing you'll, that, it's an amazing it's like a retro mm. 70s quite a sharp suit it's a nice suit people will yeah. be going for like a vintage suit and green Hair. Maybe I think Maybe. I think because it's I'm face paint. It's interested, not it's just face yeah, paint. I'm interested to see how that one p- plays out. Um, I think something else I'd like to say because I was thinking it all the way through. Joaquin Phoenix looks exactly like he was drawn by Brian Bolland. Yeah, he really does. He's a very weird looking dude. He is. He's he's always been an unusual looking um, and. You know, not only do we need to put a hand on his shoulder and just say, Didi, you okay? We also, with the other hand, need to be giving him a sandwich. Yeah, he, I mean, he lost, I think, 70 pounds for this role. Yeah. And he is skeletal in some scenes. Yeah, I mean, he does not look good. No. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? It's, 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 
nice to see a Hollywood star who's prepared to do that. As a quick aside, have you seen um, the new Zach Galifianakis Between Two Ferns I have movie on Netflix? It has possibly one of the best jokes in the opening scene where he's talking to Matthew McConaughey and he says, who do you think is going to die of accidental starvation first, you or Christian Bale? <laughs> I don't think now it's going to be Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale or Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I... I and do you know, genuinely, I worry about actors who do things like that. It's it's a good way to guarantee winning an Oscar. It's body transformation. Daniel Day Lewis did it. Really therefore, everyone else does it. And I, you know, genuinely, I do not think he's going to win an Oscar. He's definitely going to get nominated. He's going to get. I think he's going to get nominated. I don't think he's going to win. I think it's it's two one though, and it's too late. Yeah, I hope you're right. I think. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve an Oscar. I'm not sure he does, but I'm I'm certainly not going to say he doesn't. But. I, I don't think he's going to get it. If, Although is, now I'm desperate trying to think who could beat him. Is it just me, or does it feel that it's also a little bit wrong that they've released Joker in the same week as Mental Health Awareness Week? Or maybe it's important that they've released it in the same week. I was going to say, I actually, I actually think that is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that movie makes people have a conversation about mental health, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say about that weird weird movie um, actually I'll tell you what I liked it wasn't quite a one note performance I, no it's not a one note performance it's a one note um, after he kills the fat guy I'm very bad at names the other yeah the guy who gave him the, the, the gun other, the guy who gave yeah. him the gun after he kills him oh there's a wonderful moment of sweetness yeah Yeah, and, and the, the in the scene two guys that used to work with him have gone round essentially to commiserate at the death of his mother because they don't know that he murdered them um, and he kills the guy who gave him the gun who lied and got him fired from the clown and he's actually not there to console him he's there to just make sure that his story is straight yes. to the police yeah but another guy a little guy um, had gone with him genuinely out of concern yeah and he's clearly terrified and I was expecting I was expecting it to take quite a dark I was yeah I was expecting this to go very dark very quickly um twice actually um and he just says I'm not gonna hurt you you can go you've always been nice to me you've always been you were the only one and he gives him a little kiss on the head and he gives him a kiss but no because before that he says you can go and then but he's put the chain on the door and the little guy can't reach the yeah. chain and I th- and he has to turn around and say can you come and get the door and I thought he was going to kill him then and then, well, then he unlocks it he opens the door and then yeah, closes, and then it, closes it. it and I thought yeah he's, and, but he's then he says you're the only one who's ever nice to me and he kisses him on the top of the head and just opens the door and lets him go um, my big question there is what did he do then and why didn't he go straight to the police yeah um, well, or maybe he then chased him down the corridor and murdered him. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and actually that was quite funny. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable joke, but when the poor guy has to turn around, it's like, oh, so can you come and get the lock? Yeah. That was actually really funny. Nobody left. No. But it was actually really funny. Um, so yeah, there's that, and then we he goes on the show. And he isn't funny because he isn't funny. And that's, I think, that's the scene that they're always going to use for his Oscar nomination and all yep. the all the other award nominations he's going to have. They're always going to show 
the, the, the network moment, the rant in front of the television cameras yeah. is going to be that clip. It's a very good rant. I can't say I disagreed with all of it. Uh, which, of course, is the danger of people like that. Yeah. Um, and then he kills Murray. We're giving away all the spoilers, by the way. We did sell the spoilers. We did, but all the spoilers. Um, and, again, he kills Murray as a punchline. It's the punchline to the joke. Yeah. What do you get? You get what you deserve. Um, you know, I kind of like that. That was actually quite a jokery thing. It's interesting as well how they he, he shot him and then every, everybody panicked and then it's a good, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 seconds later and then he shoots him a second time. Yeah. Just to say, this is not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and then he's, we don't see him arrested but he clearly is arrested and he doesn't resist um, and then he's busted out by the mob. And then we see something that I hope they, they just leave as part of the, the movie continuity, DC Universe continuity, which is during the riot, Thomas and Martha Wayne with little Bruce yep. come out of the movie theatre and they see the riot so they cut down the alley. And a clown follows and them. And a clown follows them and then... And it's not a, it's not a mugging, it's a straight up murder. Yeah. Um, inspired by the Joker. And the pearls, necklace gets they snapped. Did, they Again. did the pearl thing. Yeah. God, people in DC really don't like pearls, do they? No. They did the pearl thing, and I hope they leave that in. I hope that stays as the way Thomas and Martha are killed. I, I don't think this is ever going to be in continuity. Oh, they're with... never making it. They're never. Yeah, they're, he is not going to show up as the Joker in a Batman movie. He's not, not not the Arpats. No, it's in, in any. No, no, we're never going to. But see it means him we get to see the Batman. murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne yet again. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they won't show it. Maybe they'll Spider Verse it. Oh, I hope so. I guess, let's be honest, we don't need to see... I mean, I actually quite like they put it in here because we don't ever need to see it again anywhere else. The thing is, they, didn't, they could have just had it with them going down the alley and the clown following them, and it could have just been left at that. Could have. That would have been fine. Could have. I suspect that was a studio note. Yeah. Um, well, and then just shot of Bruce at the end, standing over his hmm. parents. They didn't do the aerial shot from year one, which I'm quite pleased about. Um... That picture's in the show notes, so you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't read Year One, but if you haven't read Year One, you should read Year One. Yes, um, I'm happy to sell it to you. Other comic shops are available. No, they're not. Destination but, Venus. But, is don't, the only but, place please, to go. but please don't shop in there. Um, it's uh, and then we see him clearly much later, years later, because the fashions have changed. He's as he was at the beginning of the movie. He's sitting across a desk from a woman of colour who is asking him questions. But we are clearly a good decade later. I actually didn't pick up on because that. Because she's very differently dressed. Her hair is very different. Fashions have clearly changed. Um, and I, I'm not quite sure what we're supposed to think has happened. Because I'm, I'm guessing because obviously this, it's, it's much whiter and cleaner. Yeah. And it's not the... Well, that's the other thing. It's not the grimy Gotham of the rest of the movie. This yeah. is a clean, clinical, facility, hospital yeah. facility. Um, he's in a white scrubs yeah um, and he's handcuffed so clearly still perceived to be dangerous and he does his laughing thing and she asks him what's funny and he says he's thought of a joke and she asks what the joke is and he says she won't get it and then the next thing we see is he's walking down the corridor but he's leaving bloody footprints and I genuinely don't know whether they are supposed to be symbolic or whether we think he beat her to death I got the impression that he beat her to death. Um, but certainly we then see him being chased. And that actually was a little bit funny as well, because you see him 
yeah. turn one way down the corridor. Yeah. And then a split second later, he turns and runs the other way. And it was actually a really inappropriate slapstick moment. Yeah. And again, I think that's the point. I think it was there deliberately to put us off balance at the end. Um, I think as well, too many endings again. It felt like it should have ended with him in the... It was a bit like Return of the King. Yeah. It it didn't have to go on. It should have ended with him on the TV show and actually ended with him then. If if it cut then, that would have been really interesting. And it felt like it was... Because the camera pans out and it it pans out. Yeah, that big bank of TV screens. Yeah. And you can see Gotham burning and... And 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 it could have ended there. That would have been fine. That would have been a fantastic place to end it, actually. Um, Or then it would have ended with him being rescued by the the mob of clowns. Maybe with him standing on the bonnet. Standing on the car and dancing. That would have been. An that end. would have been a good end, and then just maybe have the laugh to carry on, and then yeah, you've got, yeah, one more scene. And you see, my, and my problem with him standing on the car at the end is, as I was watching him standing on the bonnet of that police car, basking in the adulation of the mob, and doing his dancey thing, I was thinking, you've got to get down off that car and then go somewhere. How's that going to work? Yeah. Um, and we don't know. I think I think he just does an open moment. And says, "Well, I'm taking everybody for cheeseburgers." Yeah, and then that's what they do. Uh, it was, yeah, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I have anything else intelligent to say. As far as I've said anything intelligent, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, rating out of ten? Can't. No. Can't. Um, there's a bit of me that wants to give it a straight ten. Really? There's a bit of me that wants to give it a zero. So a five then. And I can't, give, five. I can't give it a five because it's not that. It's maybe an eight. I, I'm going to be a bit harsher. I would say it's a 6 out of 10. But you see, but my problem also is, how can I give it a high score when I never want to see it again? Well, that's fine. I've but seen, the reason I don't want I've, to I've seen Schindler's List and I think that's a 10 out of 10 movie, but I never want to see it again. The reason I don't want to see it again is not because it's bad, it's because mm. it made me feel bad. Yeah. And honestly, if I want to watch the news... It's an uncomfortable... It's a very uncomfortable watch. Um, what I think I have to say uh, to our dear, dear listeners is you don't need to see this in the cinema. No. Um, it's it's not true to say it's not a cinematic movie, but it's not a spectacle movie. There were, there were certain visuals in it that I thought were very impressive, mm. but it is but not... But it looked look good on decent TV. Yes. It, it's, yeah. it, it, it doesn't need the cinema experience. Um, You're sighing a lot with it. Because <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know... What, don't quite know what I think. I think at the end of the day, only think, only only you, dear listener, can go and make up your own uh, mind. Yeah, so. I think what I have to say is you have to go and see it and make up your own mind. Yeah, I think. But be prepared. Read and listen the, to the reviews as much as you like, but don't believe any of them. Um, Mind you, if you've listened to this, we've spoilt it terribly for you. So hopefully you've already seen it. Yeah, there's that. So um, I make no apologies for it being spoiled. Though. Um, it's it's a film I think you have to talk about immediately after seeing yeah, it in the cinema. It, yeah. it's, I, I, if anyone's seen it, I'm interested in what you thought. Um, comment on the show notes, comment on the uh, social media things. Um, I don't know. I, as I said, Michael Moore thinks it's a very left-wing movie. I'm not sure it is. Mm, I know. Um, I think it's politics are not particularly of the left or of the right. I think it's baiting politics. I, yeah. Just I, the easiest way to describe it. I think it. it's it's observational politics. It's basically saying, look at the mess we're in. Yeah. If it's, if it's saying anything at all, that's what it's saying, I think. Um, 
it certainly doesn't present the Joker as a heroic figure. Uh, it, it doesn't present him as a villain particularly. He's a very tragic figure. Um, there's a line uh, as he's murdering his mum, who I can't say didn't deserve it if what we are told is correct. Yep. Um, he says he thought his life was a tragedy, but it's not so fucking comedy. I think he was right first time. His life is not a comedy. <laughs> um, although comedy is just tragedy plus time, so. Yeah, I'm not convinced by that either. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> um, I. I <sighs> I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah. I think we're in danger of just, just ramble. I, I could ramble about this all night. I, really I think could. I could as well, but I think in terms but of the podcast, we, we're done. I think we probably shouldn't, because yeah. it wouldn't be interesting. Um, so, yeah, that was a very rambly review, but I, I think that's all I'm capable of. Um, go see it, um, or wait for the Blu-ray and then watch it at home. Very, very seriously, to reiterate what we said at the start, don't watch it on your own. You are going to need to talk to somebody about it. Um... Maybe watch it in the middle of the day. Yeah, maybe. Um, have something planned for us to do afterwards. Yeah. And for the love of God, it's not a date movie. Don't go with a date. Just don't. <laughs> it's, 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 it's more inappropriate for a date than ordering corn on the cob as a starter. It's that bad. Now that's funny. <laughs> um, and with that, um, we will leave it there. Me again, because we're not quite going to finish our discussion of The Joker there. It is one of those films that does stay with you and sit in your head and make you think of stuff for a long time after you've seen it. I mean, if you're listening to this on Harrogate Community Radio or on the day it drops uh, on the Geeks of the Gate podcast, you're listening to it on Thursday the 10th of October. Uh, We saw it on Tuesday. It's not that I've changed my opinion. Um... It's that I've discussed it with more people and thought more deeply about it. It's been suggested to me that the Joker is presented as a hero in this movie. And I can see where the people who say that are coming from much more now. Certainly his journey is presented as heroic. Certainly he is a hero in his own head. And it is true to say, uh, as has been pointed out to me, that all of his victims, all of the people he kills directly, are people who have done something to him. Um, and in that sense, it is a straight-up revenge movie, and the arc of Arthur Fleck is sort of a hero's journey. Uh, the, re- the reason that I don't think he is presented heroically is he, in fact, does not progress. The whole point to me of a hero's journey is you start in a place, you go through a test, uh, whether that's a quest or a journey or some kind of combat trial or whatever it is, and at the end, you have become a better person. Arthur Fleck doesn't do that. He doesn't actually have a hero's arc. Arthur Fleck, at the start of the film is a broken, deeply sad, deeply traumatised, very disturbed man. At the end of the movie, he's still that. 
what has changed, and I think this is where some of the objection comes from, is that he's embraced that. He's happy and content to be the disturbed and broken and violent man that he is. Um, there's a scene in the movie where he, he's very clear that he stopped taking the medication. And I think it's fairly clear to me that what that medication had been doing was suppressing his violence, which means he's actually regressed. Um, we, we, it is heavily implied at the start of the film uh, in a scene where he's talking to his counsellor that he has been incarcerated in um, a mental health facility previously. Uh, when the guy who gives him the gun early in the movie gives him the gun, Arthur Fleck's first response is, I can't have a gun, I'm not supposed to have a gun. So there clearly are restrictions that have been placed on him because of his violent tendencies. So it's a movie about regression and revenge, and as such, cannot be heroic. Where it's problematic, I think, is that I can wibble on pretentiously about this as much as I like, um, and I can be technically correct in terms of narrative theory and all of that stuff. He does look a bit like a hero, actually, at the end of that movie. He is presented in a, using the tropes, using the techniques that we present heroes with. He does a lot of standing around with his arms outstretched um, in what could be interpreted as a parody of the crucifixion, suggesting that he's some kind of martyr. And he isn't, or he shouldn't be perceived as that. And given the attitudes around the Joker as a character in other media, and in comics particularly, um, yeah, that's bothersome. It is. Um, the Joker is presented in comics often as a, a sort of dangerous, psychotic, but ultimately amusing and lovable clown. Um, there is that ridiculous meme that does the rounds every so often about forget Romeo and Juliet I want a love story like the Joker and Harley which completely misunderstands the relationship between Joker and Harley he it is an abusive relationship he is an abuser she does have Stockholm syndrome um so yeah maybe with all that baggage maybe I'm more uncomfortable with it than I was when I was talking to Steve on Tuesday night I think what I haven't changed, though, is that I think we should be made to be uncomfortable. Um, and if the Joker movie is about anything, I think it might be about that. It doesn't offer solutions. It doesn't pretend to have an answer. I'm not even sure it has a particularly moral stance one way or the other. I think it just wanted to make us uncomfortable. And it succeeds in that. Now, whether that makes for an enjoyable couple of hours at the movies is entirely up to you. Uh, as I said, I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm not sure I would describe the way I felt about it as enjoyment while I was watching it. I will not be watching it again. Um, in the same way that I won't deliberately hit my hand with a hammer ever again either. But as it... I'm glad I watched it because I'm glad I can now join in the discussions. And there's a lot to be said for that. I guess. So anyway, I'm not going to make this a massive outro. I think you've probably listened to me for quite long enough. So before we go, uh, since I have your attention, I want to draw your attention to Thought Bubble, 
which is coming to Harrogate uh, on November uh, the 9th and 10th. That's a weekend. It is one of the biggest comic festivals in the country. And you'll notice I'm using the word festival, not convention. It's about art. It's about creativity. It's about the joy of the medium that I love as the proprietor of Harrogate's Comic Shop. Clearly, I love comics. I want to encourage you to go. Um, you can get tickets from me. Uh, this isn't shameless plugging from my point of view. Uh, I am paying the entire face value of the tickets back to Thought Bubble. Thought Bubble is a non-profit organisation. Any profit it accidentally makes is donated to uh, the Bernardo's Children's Charity. So no one's making any money off of this. That's not why I'm plugging it. I'm plugging it because I think it's great. I think it is a huge coup for Harrogate to get this event. It is a world-class event. Something that Harrogate is proving it can do, whatever you think of the cycling. The advantage of Thought Bubble is that it will be bringing people in from all over the world and we're not closing a single road. So there's that. Tickets are available from me at Destination Venus or online at www.thoughtbubblefestival.com. Nothing more for me to say except full show notes for this edition of the Geeks at the Gates are available at the Destination Venus website. Uh, go to www.destinationvenus.co.uk. Click on the blog bit. Um, there's the word blog at the top of the top of the screen, and uh, look for this week's episode title, which is "Joking Apart." So just look for the blog called "Joking Apart." And uh, you'll have a little bit of background, a little bit more information about the stuff that me and Steve have been banging on about. Also links to Thought Bubble and all of that. Uh, right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again. Same time, same place next week, unless you're listening on the podcast, in which case we'll see you again whenever you want to listen. Until we meet again. Be kind to yourself. And in this World Mental Health Awareness Week, and on this, if you're listening when it drops, World Mental Health Awareness Day. I really do mean this. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to everybody else. You've got no idea how important that can be. And until we meet again, and we will meet once again at the gates. But don't forget, we're the geeks standing by the gates, holding them open so everyone come in. Everyone is welcome in geekdom. See you soon, guys. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate. Or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates. Or contact us by email on mail4geeksatthegates at gmail.com. That is the number four, not the word. Geeks at the Gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire.